1: On today's episode of The Door Report, presented by Alaco Hardwood Flooring, we are joined by Adam Sparks, the Vanderbilt beat reporter from the Tennessean, as we look ahead to Saturday's matchup against Kentucky. It kicks off at 11 a.m. Central Time on the SEC Network. A lot of factors contribute to a potential Vanderbilt upset. We will discuss that and much more. We'll get Adam's prediction for the game, and we'll also touch on a little bit of Vanderbilt basketball with year two under Coach Stackhouse coming up in trivia with with Jackson Tolk, it returns as well. So we got trivia, we've got predictions for Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and much more coming up here on episode 47 of The Door Report. Let's ride. Welcome into another episode of The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast in Music City. We are presented by Alaco Hardwood Flooring. No matter what style you're going for, you can trust your flooring job to Alaco Hardwood Flooring. Take a walk through the woods in your home every day and get your job started today by logging on to alacohardwoodflooring.com or you can email the founder, Jimmy Alaco. That's Jimmy Alaco at comcast.net. They are located right here in Nashville, Tennessee, so it's nice and easy for the locals. You can call 615 356 0303. That's six one five three five six zero three zero three. 356 303 Alaco Hardwood Flooring. Perfect floors, whatever your style. Before we get to the interview with Adam Sparks, the Vanderbilt Beat reporter from The Tennessean, it's now time to send it over to Will Byram for a few words on The Recycling Dudes.
2: You may ask... Who are the Recycling Dudes? Well, they are brothers, Graydon and Chapman, and their dad, Drew Smith, who is a Metro Nashville firefighter. Living in West Mead, the Recycling Dudes recognized a need for a service that would take glass to the recycling for busy homeowners who care about our environment. They pick up your glass, separate it, and take it to be recycled. They offer monthly service as well as one-time party pickup. They have a variety of service levels to fit every budget and every need, starting as low as $10 per month. All you have to do is sign up on their website at recyclingdudes.com.
1: Don't look now, but we've got one more segment before the interview with Adam Sparks. Tolk's Trivia has returned. Jackson Tolk leads another trivia session. This is a tough one. Stay tuned because coming right up is Tolk's Trivia. It's now time for Tolk's trivia with our guy, Jackson Tolk. And uh, he's back after a little bit of a a hiatus, maybe a month long, but I'm sure he's been studying hard and, and working up a a hell of a trivia question. So uh,
0: Jackson fire away, man. All right. Awesome. Today's trivia question um, kind of brings us a little bit back to uh-oh. Earlier Vanderbilt history for us in our lives, but also way back, um, it is a question about how long, uh, well, I guess we'll start off with Vanderbilt's um, last win versus a top 10 team. Uh, first of all, do you guys know who that was against? Is this football? Football, yes. Okay. Last win against a top 10 team.
1: Mm, that's definitely not in the yes. 2000s. Ah, um, actually... Potential. I, I,
2: I can think of quite a few top teams. Georgia comes to mind. Kansas State was close to that area. Top 10, though, no, I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, I wow, that's a tough one. Is that is that the question?
0: <laughs> uh, that's the beginning of it. I Yeah, I can go. So our last win versus a top 10 team was the 17-6 to upset of number six, South Carolina in 2007. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yep, I remember that. Well, I'm not and really, it- but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were uh, we were little, but lots of Vanderbilt fans were around for that, and um, it was the first win, the program's first win over a Steve Sperger coach team as well, which is a big deal. The old ball coach. <laughs> <Yep>. um <laughs> But it was also um, it was a very long drought since our last victory over a top ten team. Do you have a guess on how many years that drought was since two thousand seven?
2: I would say nineteen eighty two or nineteen fifty five are my two guesses. I am shooting out there.
1: I am going to say nineteen. They, they played in the Hall of Fame Bowl in nineteen eighty four. Correct.
2: I believe eighty two was the Gator Bowl, and fifty or fifty five was the Gator Bowl. and eighty two, they played in a bowl as well. Okay, I am going to say eighty two until.
1: Yeah, I am going to say eighty
0: two. Also, is I think we're both going with eighty two. Okay, those are, those are not bad guesses. Very educated. Um, it So it was a 70 year drought. Oh totally. 2007, 70 years. You may have to help me out. Math isn't my forte. Um, man, what's that about? Was that 47? Is that 70 years? Close. Yeah. 37. That's... Or 37. Yeah. yeah. Wow. wow. They had a team in 1937. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey,
2: they're way back. That was the so. prime years. That's why uh, General neeland was hired. His uh, one thing when they hired him was uh, okay. to beat Vanderbilt. And boy, did he do a good job.
1: Boy did he! I mean, my goodness, that that if that's your sole job, that's um, I'm sure I'm sure he did a good job of getting it done. Wow, so 1980, not 1982, it's 1937 for Will's math skills. So uh, give Will credit for that. We'll give Will that one. He 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 worked, he found the year, so uh, we'll give him credit for that. But Jackson, thanks so much for for Tolks trivia. Again, we're looking forward to Kentucky Vandy, but. Again, you uh, you continue stumping us. You're the real MVP so far in this one.
0: Always a pleasure, yeah. boys. Thanks, Thank Jackson. You, Jackson.
1: You've been listening to Anchor Tolt's Down trivia. Anchor down. Welcome back into the door report. It is episode 47. It is Thursday, November 12th. Welcome back in. Willie, we're back in better than ever with another episode. I'm down here in Naples. You are up in Nashville. And again. We are looking forward to another football game. We got the Wildcats and the Doors on Saturday. We'll talk with Vanderbilt beat writer Adam Sparks a little bit later in the podcast. He'll join us to give his preview and predictions of Vandy, Kentucky. Will, it's it's another week, another Vanderbilt football game. Are you shocked that this is actually being played?
2: I am very happy that it's being played. I don't know how I feel about the discussion of Vanderbilt being moved to the primetime CBS game due to cancellations. (laughs) Um, but
1: Come on, uh, it, it, that's Kentucky that's an opportunity Bay, that yeah. otherwise
2: they they wouldn't they wouldn't have gotten.
1: I think Chris Fowler and Kirk Street would love uh, would love calling that one.
2: Yeah, a nice low scoring slug them out bunch of running um game. <laughs> so that I'm sure that would they're just so excited.
1: Oh yeah, a little bit of rain in Lexington wouldn't hurt anyone, but. Uh, again, we'll look forward to that one. It's a noon Eastern time kick. It'll be 11 in Nashville, noon on the East Coast uh, on SEC Network. I know they were just trying to decide uh, between SEC Network and ESPN. Uh, but again, oh, that's actually Florida. Never mind. So Kentucky, this is set uh, for SEC Network. Well, before we get to the breaking news again, for our listeners, do not forget to follow us on Twitter. That's at door underscore report, Instagram door dot report. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel. YouTube channel starting to gain some steam here with a lot of the videos being posted. So, again, go check those out. Uh, our podcast is available on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Also, give our podcast five stars and a review on iTunes. All right, Well, it's time to hop into it. Vanderbilt, Kentucky, 11 a.m. on SEC Network. Kentucky is right now a 17-point favorite. Um, I mean, that's a pretty—I think that's a decent line. I think Vanderbilt has a great shot of covering it for a multitude of reasons. Um, but will Kentucky, obviously being two and four, they, they're coming back, coming off back-to-back losses. For you right now, um, what, what's what's the vibe around around this game? And it, <laughs> it's almost like every game we're, we're we're saying the same sort of stuff. But with this one, will I know you believe that that Vandy's got a great shot?
2: Yeah, before we get into the preview, just just make sure that we mention it. Um, the Kentucky assistant coach, John Schlorman, I hope I'm pronouncing that mm-hmm. right, passed away. Um, so our, our thoughts and prayers here at the Door Report are with his no family doubt. and that Kentucky program as a whole. Um, that, that's Vanderbilt experienced something similar that, uh, last year going through that. Mm-hmm. So um, that that's at the forefront of our minds as well. But getting into the on-the-field play, um, like you mentioned, Kentucky is coming off those back-to-back losses where they scored 10 points against Missouri, three points against Georgia. Um, that Kentucky offense has really faltered after their they, – they did have a pretty strong start the first mm-hmm. four weeks of the season. They averaged about 28 points per game. Um, and like you mentioned, open as a 17-point favorite um at, that lines remain pretty stable about what we expected pretty similar to that Mississippi State game um, mm-hmm. but the over under in this game is only 42 points so Vegas is expecting a pretty low low so scoring <laughs> scoring game here and actually 51% of the money is coming on Vanderbilt so this is the first time that I've seen a uh-huh. line that has a majority of the money coming in on Vanderbilt covering but
1: I but- I actually agree I think I think Vandy will cover Um, and, and, uh, you know, we're going to talk a lot more about kind of the, the, the strategy and and keys of this game for Vandy offensively and, and, you know, as well, defense trying to defend that run game of Kentucky, but I got two big reasons why. And, and the first one is, is, is tough to talk about obviously, but John Schlarman, their head coach just passed away. And again, yeah, yeah. So again, it's, 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 it's really, yeah, assistant coach. So it's really tough. Um, you know, to, to handle something like that two days later, you're playing a football game. Um, You know, where's Kentucky going to be mentally Um, in in that they could, we, we mentioned it with Adam and he talked about it also, they could be fired up and and energized and ready to play, or, you know, they could come into this kind of, you know, lazy, you know, and, 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 and still kind of just that somber mindset. So, and I I think it's, it's just, it's really tough to play when something like that happens. So that's reason number one, you know, tough reason, but nonetheless, you know, it, it's that, that's life. Number two, um, Vanderbilt, the key to this game for them is, is stopping the run. And if they can stop the run, which again, we, we like to say it's not hard to do, but with Vanderbilt, it is, it's always hard to do because there's not a ton of beef up front. But if Coach Mason, the, the defensive game plan is very simple. Load the box, load it, just load it up. And whether you, whether you have to send a run blitz almost every time, send a safety, uh, send some pressures, run blitz is going to be huge, but loading the box, making Terry Wilson make big time throws that he really hasn't done a whole lot of this year. Um, you mentioned their their back-to-back losses. They really struggled offensively. Uh, Missouri, not a great defense. Georgia, they just got demolished by Florida. So. Again, I, I just I think defensively, the game plan is simple. So if they could do that, I think they'll cover. And also, where is Kentucky mentally? So that's where I'm at, Will.
2: Yeah, the, the stop the run thing sounds really great in theory, but you look back to last season's game, and Kentucky pretty much ran rampant over the Commodore D yeah. defense. And they, and they did it to Tennessee as well this year. Um, but for Vanderbilt fans that haven't watched a lot of Kentucky football, um, to be honest, it's a very boring brand of football. Um, it is about Old we school. we talked about Miss yeah we talked about Mississippi State last week um, and about how much they threw the ball. But I, just just to make sure to hit that point home, Mississippi State throws the ball as a percentage of their plays the most number one most of any team in FBS football. Mississippi wow. State throws the ball over seventy seven percent of plays, including. Of course, sacks count as – they don't count as passes. Mm -hmm. Um, Kentucky is literally on the opposite end of the spectrum. They're 108th um, in percentage of pass plays. So they throw the ball about 38% of the time on offense. Mm -hmm. Um, To put a little perspective on that, teams that run uh, the triple option and variations of that triple option are always going to be at that bottom – um, yeah. Of those rankings and, and Army Navy Air Force Georgia Southern they throw the ball anywhere between about 16 and 24 percent of the time so Kentucky is just barely above um, these teams that literally run the triple option wing T variations yeah so, so that, that's the first thing to to keep in mind going into this game
1: yeah I, I agree but like you talk about the mindset defensively you all it's also very important that offensively you don't turn the ball over. I mean that's always important in every game but especially against Kentucky you know you got to win the turnover battle and also you got to start quick you know Vanderbilt has not started fast at all this entire season they have three points the whole the whole season in the first in the first is it half or first quarter Yeah.
2: Adam Sparks is the one that actually gave us that stat that you'll hear later in the podcast, but he said in the first quarter, Vanderbilt has been outscored 52 to three.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's ridiculous. I mean, that is just, that's ungodly. So you look at that number, it's like, okay, if we improve that by seven points, maybe even two, you know, two touchdowns, 14 points, we will, it's just a better start. I mean, Vandy got down 14-0 against Mississippi state. They got down quick against Ole Miss also, they weren't even close against Ole Miss. Mississippi State, they battled back. So say, for example, against Mississippi State, they got off to a better start. I think they have a great shot at winning that one, Will. So, again, if, if you start quick, I think it gives you a great shot of, of – of, because if you start quick, that, that'll, that'll say a lot about how the defense is playing. Because if you start quick, you know, and, and, and you're scoring offensively and, and you're maintaining – you're containing the run against Kentucky, then you will you, – you'll probably be leading at halftime. Again, turnover battle offensively. Ken Seals, we will touch on it here. Um, you talked about Kentucky. They're being last in passing. Vanderbilt, they, they're not a horrible passing offense right now, at least in the last two games. Uh, Ken Seals throwing well over 300 yards. So if, if, if Ken Seals can find rhythm offensively, well, I, I think Vanderbilt is, is going to be in good shape. Um, but it, it does hinge a lot on the run defense. I think for me, the run defense is more important than the pass offense for me.
2: Yeah, the... Going into this game, just some statistics, kind of looking just at numbers, I haven't watched every snap of every Kentucky game, but right now Kentucky is 11th in points per game on offense, Vanderbilt's 14th, Um, but Kentucky is also dead last in the SEC in total yards per game, and that's a lot to do with their Mm -hmm. um, shortening of the game with running at such a high percentage of the time. Um, so you're going to kind of what I want to see and and how the flow of the game has to go for Vanderbilt um, is going to be kind of different than what I've wanted out of the game plan in any other game um, of this season. And looking forward, I won't want to see this type of game plan, but Vanderbilt is going to have to run the ball. Number one, they're going to have to run the ball and Ken Seals is going to have to manage the game. Kentucky is second in the SEC in interceptions. Um, they've had 11 this year. Uh, so that has been a problem for Ken Seals is trying to fit it into tight windows, not seeing the linebacker coming over um, or a safety dropping down. So but Kentucky is also tied with Vanderbilt for 13th in the SEC, which is eight sacks on the season. Um, so th- that Kentucky defense's strength is in their secondary. They're uh, obviously mm-hmm. second in there that they're
1: yeah, always has best been.
2: defense in the conference uh, in giving up points per game and their third in yards per game. Um, their pass defense is the best in sec. Their run defense is right in the middle of the pack. So their defensive line is what Vanderbilt is going to have to exploit. And on top of everything else, Kentucky has long drawn out possessions that are going to tire out your defense way more than Mississippi state. Who's looking to hurry up, run the air raid, get on and off the field quick. Mm -hmm. So the offense not coming out and having a lot of three and outs and uh, Giving the defense a chance, an already thin defense, a chance to rest, because the the passing game just isn't going to be there like it's going to be. And if we try to force it down the field against this Kentucky defense, it's going to result in more turnovers, like we saw Mississippi State, and and ultimately uh, an L on the scoreboard for the Commodores. So, the the offensive line opening up holes for Keon Henry Brooks. And him exploiting those holes. Hopefully, we can see Jamari Wakefield back in the rotation, mm-hmm. um, but as well, th- those guys are going to step up, which is a little bit different of a key than than I've hit on in any of the previews in the past.
1: Yeah, I uh, I, I really think offensively will it's it's we, offense very important. It's, it's going to be important against Kentucky, but defensively we talk about it all the time with Vanderbilt we talked about it the last couple of years I mean you know we've been doing this for about a year but as a Vandy fan most keys in the game is stopping the run and it's really not as easy as it looks and, and at you know we can talk about that as a key to the game but with it, being Vanderbilt and, and 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 if you're facing Kentucky it's just so tough because Kentucky they know how to run the ball that is in their DNA that that's what Mark Stoops does he pounds you he pounds you it's like Almost the, the na- Tennessee Titans, they, 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 they may start slow, but the fourth quarter, they're going to be stepping on your throat and, and kissing you goodnight. So if, you, if you're Vanderbilt, you, you got to try something new. And it run game, it's, I don't think there's a whole lot you can try. You know, if you can't stop the run, you can't stop the run. There's not a whole lot of other adjustments you can really make. Um, but with, with Coach Mason being such a defensive guy, you would think Will that he would come up with a, a, a solid game plan uh, against Kentucky in order to stop this run. We haven't necessarily seen that this year. And, and, you know, whether that's beef up front, whether that's experience, I don't know. You know, the defense just has not. And and let's face it, the depthless team is just not there. You know, it's and, and when you don't have depth, you see one guy to go down, you got to play a freshman. You got to throw a freshman there who, who's playing in the fire. Um, so, again, Will, uh, I think pretty simply put, <laughs> defensively you got to stop the run ken seals you can't turn the ball over you know again you can't turn the ball over one interception will probably be fine but if he throws two three it's just not going to happen it's not going to happen so um again it, you talked about it will your keys key on henry books and 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 especially taking care of the ball we're kind of in agreement there um but let's send it over to predictions now you know there's not much more uh, else to say about this again can't wait to talk to adam sparks he gives that's his prediction as well. Will, we're going to start it off with you. Per usual, Vandy, Kentucky, 11 a.m. kick in Lexington. Who you got in this one, Mr. Byron?
2: Adam Sparks gave us the uh, exact um, opinion that I have of this game, which is this is either going to be Vanderbilt getting their, their doors blown off um, or it's going to be a tight game. And we'll know pretty early, in my opinion, if uh, which way that's going to go. But Kentucky – they're, in my opinion, a good matchup for Vanderbilt. Not an explosive offense, just how bad or how little they throw the ball. They average about 120 yards uh, passing per game. That's less than SEC. The next closest is Tennessee at 13th with over 175 yards a game. Mm. So our, our secondary has been uh, hit with the injury bug, COVID, um, transferred out. So the secondary, which has been the real weak spot of this defense, isn't really going to be facing even a mediocre passing attack like they've seen with Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Um, Where we are going to have to win this game is going to be in the trenches and our linebackers and safeties coming up and making plays, which is where I see, even if statistically they've been, you know, middle, bottom tier in both categories, passing and rushing, um, Dio Dangbo, Andre Mentz. Davion Davis, Dimitri Moore, Orgy, um, and safeties. Brendan Harris, Maxwell Worship coming up and making plays in the run game. That's where I see this Vanderbilt strength on defense being. Um, mm-hmm. And keep in mind that Kentucky's running game is old school, but it's new school old school. It's going to be a lot of read option, quarterback power runs, jet sweeps. Um, so, so it's a little bit more complicated in this lining up in I formation and running it up the middle. But all that being said. Um, As long as we can not turn the ball over, take care of the ball, not have a bunch of three and outs, I like Vanderbilt's chances in this game, not just to cover, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but to pull off the upset, which I'm not predicting this entire year, but I'm going to go on record right now with my prediction is going to be twenty. well, I'll have to finalize it, but twenty or twenty-three to seventeen, Vanderbilt pulls off the upset. Boom!
1: There it is. Will Byram, the first win prediction of the year, and it's Vandy, Kentucky. Well, I I'm wearing Kentucky blue, but I think I'm gonna go with a win also. What what what's 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 you know what's what's gonna hurt us there? I think Vanderbilt. I talked about it at at the top. The way Kentucky is, is has been playing as of late, they've struggled offensively. Ten points against Missouri, three uh, against Georgia. You know, those are SEC defenses, but they've been struggling. And where are they mentally? You know, very sad situation, but that's the fact of the matter. Boy, and we didn't
2: even touch on it. The, the, the matchup they have coming up the following week happens to be against yes. a team that I've heard is okay um Alabama, Alabama Crimson Tide they got a coach that's pretty good I think so I've heard so, up and coming on Nick Saban yeah. so, so it, it's easy to say don't look forward and look past Vanderbilt but man those guys in the locker
1: room you, you've got to be peeking forward to that Alabama game you got to you got to that's going to be a big game for them but Vanderbilt I think wins this one I'm going to say Vanderbilt puts up a decent amount of points I think it's 28-24 very close win Everyone's pumped in the locker room. I think Ken Seals gets it done. And I think he shows that, you know, he is no doubt, undoubtedly the, the quarterback of the future. So, well, it it's kind of shocking we're saying this, but the, I think we've got a lot of reasons to believe this, that Vanderbilt beats Kentucky uh, on Saturday, 11 a.m. early kick and Vanderbilt likes those early kicks. They like those road games this year. We're going to go with it. I'm sticking with it. And not only to cover, but I've got Vandy winning, and so do you. So how about that? Vanderbilt okay. upsets Kentucky on Saturday in Lexington. We'll see uh, how that goes. Uh, you know, We'll see how our prediction uh, stands strong. Again, SEC Network on your television set. Can't wait to get it going. Well, that, that's, a, that's about it for segment one. Coming up next is Adam Sparks here on The Door Report. We'll get his preview and see if he picks an upset over Kentucky. Let's ride. Welcome back into the door reports. We are now joined by Adam Sparks. He covers Vanderbilt for the Tennessee and it's always good to have Adam joining the show along here with Will Byram. Adam, it's it's been an interesting season. I'm sure it's uh, been one for the record books for you. How, how would you describe kind of your experience covering this team uh, in 2020? I'm sure you haven't been shocked by a whole lot, uh, but just your experience, your perspective, what's it been like?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, any season, you know, you've got to sort of be nimble uh, because you can always have changes to the roster. You can always have things that pop up that you don't see coming um but obviously 2020 in every industry in the country is we're we're kind of hitting uh hitting new new storylines and new challenges that we haven't seen before and that's that's no different here I mean I I go into each week now with my first question uh will this game be played this week and my (laughs) first question in the press box whenever you know, I'm at Vandy for a home game or even on the road is, okay, what's the number? What, how many today? Mm-hmm. And, you know, last week's game, it was 58. Okay. 58. So then Jamari Wakefield goes down That's your 57, you know, and then you see if anybody else is hurt and you're, you're trying to do the math there of, well, if they have somebody test positive and they have four contact tracings in the next game, then they're not going to play, you know, mm-hmm. you, you're doing that math each week and, you're kind of asking uh you know in the usa today network we have we have uh beat riders all around the sec and we have a kentucky beat rider and and i check in basically every week with on a monday or a tuesday with the beat writer that covers the opposing team and i just ask them hey what what are your numbers like do you, mm-hmm. do you think think your team you play is gonna play and they ask me the same thing and same thing for this week so I, i'm never surprised by much of anything and uh and that'll, that'll be the whole season if we even finish the whole season.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And, and we, we talked about it, you know, before recording the podcast. We got about three games around the SEC not even being played. And they're big games. LSU-Alabama not being played. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, um, the, the potential of, of this game, you know, continuing to be played. It is Thursday. So, uh, you know, we will wait and see here the next couple of days. Vanderbilt, Kentucky set to kick off at 11 a.m. in Lexington. Adam, Vandy's lost 15 players from its active roster since spring practice, and that includes nine possible starters with D.C. Williams and Frank Coppett both being the most recent departures. Are you surprised that this team has been able to play as many games as they have been with? I mean, we talked about, you know, you're at 58, getting closer, 56. What, what, what's kind of been, you know, your, your perspective on this and, and and just kind of the surprise factor? They've been able to play most of these games.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's – I guess there are different levels of surprise there. Um, I'm not surprised that one game was postponed, um, and had there not been a bye week after that, it would have been two games postponed because the numbers were worse after even the week after that Missouri game. Um, I'm surprised that they have – well, I'm surprised they've lost this many guys, especially the transfers. The Mm opt-outs is not shocking. I mean, it's – guys have different priorities and – Everybody makes a decision for themselves. Um, I'm I'm surprised by the number of transfers. And right now, since spring, there's at least seven transfers that I know of. Um, But with those numbers that low, I'm surprised that parts of the team have played well. Um, Offensive line, I mean, they've lost four guys. At least two of those uh, would start. Maybe even a third guy would start out of those. Um, and then to have Drew Birchmeyer move over from defense to, to offense, and he's, he's going to miss a second straight game this week. Um, to have the offensive line play, you know, okay with losing that many guys, that, that has surprised me. It surprised mm-hmm. me they, they were in the Texas A&M game. So um, it doesn't surprise me that the secondary has had a stretch of bad games in the middle of this. You know, games, what, two, three, four, certainly three and four. Secondary was bad, and that doesn't shock me at all because their numbers were down. Some of their better players were gone in a COVID outbreak that affected most of the secondary. So, um, again, each week is you're like, man, that doesn't shock me. That, that, you know, and, 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 and it'll be that way the rest of the year. To lose the total number, which, again, is as best I know is at 15 just since spring practice, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think the team's probably in the 60s right now. Mm-hmm. And as far as their, if everybody's healthy roster, that's my best guesstimate. So if you have any anything any week where you've got maybe three COVID positives, then you're not going to play counting contact tracing. So uh, those numbers that low, I think puts in jeopardy any game uh, this season, even more so than, than what we had before.
2: Yeah. You kind of touched on the secondary struggles, COVID and everything. And we had two more guys um, enter the transfer portal um, this week. So in the middle of the season, when you see things like that, and it's been a trend since spring practice, like you mentioned, um, a lot of times you see that, that faith in the program, specifically the head coach has been lost by that team. It, is it the players losing kind of faith in Mason and thinking that the administration may be making a move soon? Um, or, or is there something else kind of going on there?
3: Yeah, I mean that's it's alarming. The the not just the transfers, but the but when the transfers have happened. So, you know, in the preseason, Tay Daly and Trey Douglas, Jr. Tranreno, Reno, um, you Probably know, before those the season. Yeah, the, yeah, that was those were in uh, Colin Anderson, who's yeah. you know been injured almost his whole career. But those are those were in September. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, you've got some cases where guys. Knew that they weren't going to play, go ahead and and move on because you're not going to be in school there. Or maybe you want to go ahead and start looking around and finish the semester. You know, with Coppett and Williams, and I haven't spoken to Williams, I did trade some DMs with Coppett, and you know, he's very complimentary of, of Vandy and his time here. And he's just looking for a new start. He's, I think, had a frustrating time at Vandy having mm-hmm. multiple injuries and surgeries and being injured and then trying to return playing through an injury and then being out again. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how he feels about exactly how that was handled last year and how he would be out of the lineup and back into the lineup. But I guess I'll say all this to say, to say that there's different reasons that different guys leave. But I think when you see multiple guys leave and they add, they, they lead to other guys leaving. You have to question if there's less hope in the program or the future of the program because bulk numbers of players don't leave a program they feel like is headed in the right direction. Yeah. It's made it a little easier this year because, uh, you know, this doesn't count as a season as far as eligibility goes. You've, uh, there's more lax rules right now in terms of transfers. You've got at least one, maybe two guys. I think Coppett technically could be a grad transfer. Um, So you've you've got different things in play there, but to leave in the middle of the season, I I just think there's a whole lot of a tone tone around college football right now that this is kind of a mulligan year. So you can leave before the year, you can leave during the year, you can start a season and then opt out. Um, You know, that's kind of around the country. I mean, when you've got school kids that, you know, are going to school, but then they're virtual, then they're half virtual, and who knows what January will be. I, th- I think there's just a little bit of a tone that kind of goes through everybody that it's okay to do things this year that you wouldn't do other years, and I think that's the, the case with college football. The fact that Derek Mason is in a pretty tough situation of, you know, his job security, I think I, – I think it's sensible to link those two. And I don't think anybody's going out of bounds to see that uh, that connection. Good players are leaving school before their season is over. That's not good.
1: Yeah, you mentioned Coach Mason being in such a tough spot right now. And you can say the same thing for Kentucky there. I mean, my goodness. There's been, there's been a lot of, you know, sadness with Vanderbilt's program with Osiah Lewis also passing away last year. And now you have um, Kentucky's assistant coach, the o- offensive line coach, John Schlarman, recently passed away after his battle with cancer. Um, Adam, there were there were rumblings already earlier this week about COVID issues and more test results to come involving this game. Um, and again, we hope this game goes on, but it'll also be interesting to see how Kentucky has reacted to to a you know a death in their program and 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 you know how they approach this game. So you know, would you agree with that in terms of of, of what Kentucky team we could see?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I even talked to our beat writer up at Kentucky and kind of asked him the same thing, and you know. He said what you would expect is that we could get, you know, one of either two polar opposite responses out of Kentucky. Um, You know, when they found out about uh, uh, Schlarman's condition, uh, offense played terribly, and they – against, I think it was Missouri. um, You know, they, they didn't play well offensively at all against Georgia this last time out. Think they're in a little bit of a funk. Kentucky is, mm-hmm. and I, th- you know, you could see, you could see them coming out, dragging through this game, having to deal with all the emotion of of late in this week and the death of Schlarman, and you know, be very beatable because of those that understandable grief. Or you could see a team that comes out and plays their best game, sort of, you know, riding that uh, that emotion and that spirit from losing. A coach like that we could really get either one mm-hmm. um I you know I was telling you guys before we went on the air that I could see Vandy very much being in this game and winning this game if Kentucky is not physical and doesn't play well offensively and I could see Kentucky coming out with a whole lot of energy because of all those emotions and just run over Vandy I, 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 could, I could honestly see either one, and that's typical 2020, but I think when you add the things that we're talking about with what's going on with Kentucky, you know, it, either is possible.
2: Yeah, Kentucky has had uh, that off-the-field things that we just mentioned, but on the field, Kentucky's offense, and, and a lot of that, we were talking about it before, is their style of play. Um, if, if Commodore fans haven't watched Kentucky this year, um, it is the complete opposite of the Mississippi State team. Mississippi State under Mike Leach throws the ball um, a higher percentage than anyone else in the country. And Kentucky is ranked 108th in pass and uh, number of pass plays, percentage of pass plays. So Kentucky's offense and it is style of play has really struggled this year. And they're ranked 14 out of 14 in the SEC um, in total yards per game. So What is going to be kind of the key in that Vanderbilt defense, whether it's one guy or position group in general, watching for to slow down this Kentucky rushing attack, which is ranked third in the SEC and and averaging 176 yards per game?
3: Yeah, I think this is one of the more obvious defensive game plans uh, that Vandy will face. Now, the thing is they faced the same obstacle last year and got run over by Kentucky it's it's you know load up the box on early downs um you know stop the run clog up the run match up physically with Kentucky which is very difficult because even though they've had their struggles they still have uh one of the better more physical offensive lines in the conference and in the country you've got to match that now I I think what's going to be interesting with Vandy is how they use personnel so you know, if they're down to let's say about sixty players or something, that's kind of where their numbers have been. Uh, you've got to you've got to dig deep into your into your roster to keep guys fresh. Uh, Kentucky is going to batter those starters, and so you've got to put some freshmen out there, and you've got to put some second and third team guys out there. But you get can't do it too much. Um, there's got to be really a balance in there of figuring out when is it okay. To, you know, if, if you've got a freshman playing linebacker or D-line, which they've had to use quite a bit, 100% of that freshman versus a 70% of a starter, once they're kind of worn down over this game and trying to gauge those where those percentages are, I think that's going to be difficult because um, it's going to be a physical game. It's going to be a game where guys cannot miss tackles. It's going to be a game where I think Kentucky probably looks across the ball – and doesn't see Georgia, you know, they don't see a team where, hey, this is going to be difficult, but we've just got to try to match up. I think they're going to look over across the line and see Vanderbilt and say, this is a game where we can bulldoze this defense and and play exactly the style of play that we want to do. If Andy can match up with that, if their younger players can give them enough snaps and at the right time, if they can tackle well, then you can get Kentucky into – you know, third and five, third and seven. And if you do that, then, you know, then your next, your next layer of, uh, of decisions has to be how you're going to use your, your pass rush and your secondary. Two weeks ago against Ole Miss, and and I know Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Kentucky are vastly different offenses, but two weeks ago against Ole Miss, Vandy brought the rush more, went to man, uh, man coverage, Derek Mason admitted after the game that was a mistake against Mississippi State. They did what a lot of teams do, which is go to zone. and But then at halftime, they came out and brought more of a rush in the second half, and that tended to work. Um, they've got to figure out what they're going to do against Kentucky if they can't get them into third and longs, and they've got to execute it, because Kentucky would just love to grind this out, hold the ball, shorten the game. Vandy's okay with that too, but I think Vandy's going to have to score and be aggressive in this game to sort of force the issue – uh, with Kentucky. And I do think Vandy has shown some offense recently where they can do that. The problem is they've been outscored 52-3 to in the first quarter. Mm. Vandy made a field goal on their opening drive of the season, and they have not scored in the first quarter since then. They played oh, catch-up the entire season. So Vandy comes out and gets a good drive. They're up 7 nothing, and then they're up 10-3, something like that you get a whole lot different game. The problem is that just hasn't happened.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you, Adam, in, in terms of, you know, Kentucky. if They they, they will likely do what they want to do in this game. And if it doesn't work, Vandy will have a chance. If, if they can't run the ball, this will be a tight game. Um, I want to move now. You, you talked about offense a little bit, Adam. Um, you know, they struggle in the first half. And, if again, the fast start is going to be on the shoulders of Ken Seals likely. And Will and I talked about last game against Mississippi State, we hate saying it, but the game I, you know a lot of the blame will will be placed on Ken Seals in most of these games. Three interceptions against, against Mississippi State. He has eight interceptions on the year, but he's thrown for a, 1, 1066 yards, six touchdowns, last two games, 319 against Ole Miss, 336 against Mississippi State. How would you grade the freshman's performance so far, um, you know, from from an objective, you know, point of view in terms of, you know, covering this team?
3: Boy, it's hard, to, it's hard to say because of this. And I wrote something about this um, earlier in the week in, on Tennessean.com about comparing him and Kyle Shermer, because I think that's, a, that's an appropriate um, comparison, at least as freshmen. Um, it's the tone of the game and what Ken Seals is asked to do. And that's sort of a moving target. And he's got to keep up with that, and the coaches have to communicate that with him. And, and here's kind of how I'll put this. Um, you know, Ken Seals has thrown for twice the amount of yards – Uh, in five games, as Kyle Shermer did as a freshman in in his five games, his five starts, 500 yards to 1,000 yards. That's about what it is. Uh, The the difference is that Kyle Shermer was plugged into a team that was good on defense, that had a running game, and he was told, don't screw it up. Don't throw picks. Don't take risks. Don't throw it downfield. Um, Hand the ball to Ralph Webb. (laughs) Yes, hand the ball to Ralph Webb, even hand the Uh, hand the ball to Darius Sims and Mm. you know let's win a game 10-3 which he did in his first start (laughs) against Missouri Uh, you know that was that was a different team than this Ken Seals is in a completely different situation Ken Seals has been put in the situation of we don't even know which running backs are going to play this week Um, don't count on a running game your offensive line is decimated You've got a couple receivers, but even that's kind of iffy outside of Cam Johnson. Um, and our defense is probably going to give up a whole lot of points. So, Ken Seals, you better throw for 300-plus. You better throw for two or three touchdowns, and we're probably still not going to be in the game. And you are our best weapon. That's what Ken Seals is essentially – I don't think he's told that, but he, has, he understands that. That's the way it's been for, you know, the better part of – Four games, four and a half games. And then suddenly, Mississippi State, it's hey, we need you to just, you know, control the clock, control the ball, don't turn it over. We can win a close game. Keon Henry Brooks is running the ball, defense mm-hmm. is playing well. We need you to suddenly shift gears and be Kyle Shermer and be game manager and just don't screw it up. And that's that, that's hard for a freshman to do. And, I th- he was taking a lot of risks in the Mississippi State game that I think, had he, could he step back and get a better view of what was going on, he wouldn't have taken those risks. And so now he's got to go into the Kentucky game. Which, which Ken Seals is he supposed to be? Is he supposed to be the guy that's going to have to, you know, be their best weapon and throw the down, th- throw the throw the ball downfield, or is he going to have to be a guy that just sort of controls things and tries to win a game twenty-one seventeen? that's something that he's going to have to monitor and that's going to have to be something that's going to be communicated to him. And um, I don't really know which game he's going to be into so far. I give him for what I thought he was going to be in the preseason. I mean, I give him, I'd say I give him about a B minus. He's Mm. thrown for a lot of yards. I I mean, I mean, if we listed the 11 guys on offense, one to 11, Who's been better than Ken Seals on offense? Again, these are all pretty low grades because Vandy has not been good yeah. anywhere.
1: But, Potentially Keon Henry Brooks. But, I yeah, mean, Ken Seals, performance. yeah, being the quarterback, Ken Seals, definitely the most valuable.
3: Yeah, Keon Henry Brooks, the last two games, has had something like, uh, what, like 400 and something all-purpose yards in the last mm-hmm. two games. Yeah. You know, he missed the first, uh, what was that, three games? So, you know, he, he had an incomplete for the first quarter of the season and he and Keon's had an a minus since then. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: Uh, Ken Seals has been the guy under the gun the entire time. Again, I wouldn't give him super high grades, but relative to the rest of the offense, uh, you know, Cam Johnson, Ben Bresnahan, Keon Brooks, Ken Seals, and you've got to throw at least one offensive lineman in there and that's kind of who's played okay on offense i'd say seals gets pretty good grades compared to a lot of other a lot of other guys of all the problems that vanderbilt has this year and in future years i don't think quarterbacks it it's far 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 down the list mm-hmm.
2: yeah and we've seen the emergence of chris pierce as well in the past couple of games getting a lot more targets but kind of moving on to that kentucky game um their past defense has been really opportunistic I believe they have 11 interceptions second in sec and that um, but their pass rush hasn't been that great. I think they've only got eight sacks and tied tied with Vanderbilt down there at the bottom. Um, so we might see, and their run defense hasn't been spectacular. And we'll get into that a little bit more in that in that first segment, the real preview of Kentucky. But if you had to right now, your your hand to the fire, what's what's your final score prediction of the game and, and kind of how you expect it to go?
3: Here we go, Adam. Yeah, that's hard to say. i have trying to. I've had about five iterations of this this week. Uh, <laughs> What's the line now? Is it like thirteen? Seventeen. What is it? Seventeen, 17 over 17. under okay. forty
2: two points.
3: Okay. Um, yeah, early in the week, in our picks in the Tennessee and I picked Kentucky to cover because I saw a physical Kentucky team, and then uh, a Vanderbilt team that just hasn't shown me enough. I thought I thought their best shot at a win was Mississippi State, and they and they didn't do it. Uh, and there's some things that are not good matchups for them in this game. Since then, uh, you know, you've got issues with the coaching staff, even a, a, aside from the death of Schlarman, you've got, you've got issues with the coaching staff and COVID and all that. that could affect Kentucky. Um, and then you have all the emotion that's brought into it, um, you know, with all that. Uh, you know, I think Kentucky wins this one probably about by, by 10. I, okay. I think Baby's is probably going to keep this one closer than I would have thought earlier in the week again, I could see either, I could see either thing happening, but I I think Kentucky's a better team, and they'll just, they'll just play better. I think Vandy hangs around, makes this interesting, but Kentucky wins it.
1: All right, Adam's got Kentucky. I want to ask you one more here, Adam, before we close it out. Year two under Coach Stackhouse, both of us have been, you know, getting really excited about this season. I know you guys wrote a piece on, you know, uh, Vanderbilt fans kind of being down on football, but you do have basketball to look forward to. Got. Um, you know, an interesting team. You got the Legends Classic, some exposure early on. So, Adam, I'm going to ask you, how much better can this season be? Can this team be as a group? There's obviously a lot more depth. Isaac McBride is now eligible. Um, in terms of uh, of a potential record and 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 where they might be in terms of seeding in the SEC tournament, what uh, what what's maybe that your ceiling for this team?
3: uh I mean ceiling is middle of the pack in the SEC and that looks like a pretty high ceiling uh right now I mean we picked our preseason uh poll for the tennessee and for USA today network this week and I had vandy moving up from last place last season to I think 13th um okay. so you know I I mean the the basement is how they finished last year the ceiling is somewhere middle of the pack I think there's a There's probably a top six teams, uh, Kentucky, Tennessee, LSU, Florida, Alabama. And then you start to get into some iffy teams beyond that. So Vandy could move up, you know, maybe below that pack. But I think it's it's more reasonable to say they're going to finish somewhere in like that 10 to 14 spot. Jerry Stackhouse, I think, has shown that he can coach as well as most SEC coaches. He had less talent last year and outcoached, I think, some good coaches in the SEC. They were pretty good at the end of last year. They won their last two regular season Mm -hmm. games. I think this is a year where, um, you know, he's going to be judged on winning games more than just being competitive in some games. You know, there was a little bit of a honeymoon stage last year where you just said, hey, whatever you can do, especially after losing Neesmith, you know, Uh, we'll take it sort of thing. Um, this year I think comes down to really I'd probably put it on three guys Um, if DJ Harvey the Notre Dame transfer is a good quality consistent player starter or not if he's a guy that's giving you double figures and he's a a good player um, that's one if Quentin Melora Brown is a good defensive presence in the middle. I don't think you have to have him scoring double figures, but he's got to be a good – this could be a pretty decent defensive team. If he is a good presence in the middle defensively. And number three, if Dylan DeSue takes a step from, you know, sort of a flash of a freshman where you kind of get good games and not so good games from him in his freshman year, if, you, if he goes from that to – an all-SEC caliber player, which I think is definitely in his future, whether this year or future years, if you have those three things, Harvey, DeSue, Melora, Brown, if those turn out well, this is a team that can get to the middle of the pack. If one or two or maybe even three of those don't work out, then you're going to see a team that was similar to last year, but they're going to – they're going to be competitive in some games, but they're going to lose a whole lot more than they're going to win in the conference. And non-conference play is going to be pretty key. However many games you, you, you know, you get out of this, those freshmen have to show they have something too.
1: Boy, is it a tough conference. I mean, it's, this is probably one of the toughest years, you know, for Vanderbilt basketball in terms of stack house in year two, you look at the, the the toughness of the conference. That's what you look at. So again, it's going to be interesting. We're, we're waiting for basketball season. Uh, it it's, it's right around the corner. We're, two, what, two, three weeks away from, uh, from from the season getting going. So, again, we're getting ready. Adam Sparks covers the Tennessean. Adam, thanks so much. Good luck with the coverage this weekend. And, again, uh, we're looking forward to basketball season. I know you probably are too.
3: Oh, I sure am, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thank Good you, thanks, Adam. Adam.